Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP gets a couple of bullies kicked out of school, then kicked out of the country. Our next Reddit post is from Arnott. Sit back and enjoy a story about some revenge that I achieved at the U.S. Postal Service back in the 1990s that cost a bullying full-time carrier his union job. In summer of 1991, I got a summer job as a casual carrier for the USPS. They used to hire summer temps to cover for all the full-time carriers who mostly took their vacations in the summer. The United States Postal Service has rules that things must be delivered within certain time windows. People could get fired if they took too long to do tasks. Carriers were both openly and secretly monitored and timed on tasks, and we had the first computerized time system that I ever saw. We would be secretly followed a few times per year to be sure that we were actually working hard the entire time we were out of the post office. The post office building even had secret back hallways, passive sound monitoring, and hidden raised viewing areas where they could see the sorting floor unobserved. Cameras and microphones were super expensive back then, so this was all done using tricky architecture and the eyes and ears of the postal inspectors. We were supposed to walk over and punch in and out of tasks so they could track productivity to the second. People walking a delivery route were expected to do it fast, and better routes went to faster carriers. Slow carriers got mercilessly hassled to be faster and were disciplined for slowness. Look at Newman on Seinfeld. Going postal due to overwork wasn't really a joke there because people would flip out and murder their bosses. I hear it's worse now with GPS. Pre-internet, there used to be a huge volume of mail that got shuffled around the country every day. It was quantities of mail that you would find hard to believe compared to what we see now. I was a broke college student home for the summer, and I was willing to work any hours they gave me, so the supervisors liked me. I was also very friendly with most of the full-time carriers because I was a good worker and I didn't rock the boat. Also for other reasons that you'll see below. I'm a fairly big guy, about 6 foot 5 and 210 pounds. As such, I could carry a lot of weight, so that also made management happy. I was also in my early 20s with long legs, so I could move fast carrying a lot of weight. Sorting mail back then was labor-intensive and took a lot of time to learn. I had a route that I would deliver in the afternoons that was sorted by a regular. I would usually do oddball delivery stuff in the mornings, help move heavy things around, do special deliveries, etc. I would also deliver for full-time carriers that went on vacation or anyone whose T6 was on vacation. Side note, mail delivery was six times per week, but full-time carriers only work five days a week. A T6 is a full-time carrier who did the sixth day for five different routes. The way it worked out was that everyone only worked five days per week. At the time, a lot of retail catalogs were mailed to houses. A lot of them. Some were substantially bigger than current magazines. We also delivered magazines, ads, packages, and samples. A lot of companies would mail free samples of products like laundry detergent, shampoo, and other liquids to be delivered to every house on the route. These were the bane of the carrier's existence because they were bulky and heavy. This slows you down and is physically taxing. Usually, carriers would divide up the really heavy stuff and deliver it throughout the week. On to the revenge. I was assigned to do T6 work for Dave for a few months. Effing Dave. Picture a failed physical education teacher in his 40s. Bad mustache, about 5'7", wore knockoff sunglasses like Magnum PIs, and had an opinion about everything. Dave learns that he has me as his T6, and he decides to leave all of his heavy stuff for me. So once a week, I get confronted with the entire week's worth of heavy mail for this a-hole's route. 
I confronted him about it, and he basically laughed and said there was nothing I could do about it. The other full-time carriers didn't like Dave much, but I was a temp and he was there permanently, so I was encouraged to just suck it up. I went to our boss and escalated to our postmaster, but I was told that he was full-time and I was temp, so I just had to deal with it. If the mail had to be delivered that day to meet the deadline, then I had to make it happen. The postmaster's exact words were, Just deliver every piece of mail for the route as fast as you can, and don't worry about the time it takes or anything else. You're making huge overtime on this route. They did talk to Dave and most of the egregious stuff stopped, but I was still doing most of the hard work on this route. I mentioned earlier that everyone was always on the clock and tracked. In my first week, some of the nicer people took me aside at the beginning of the summer and made it clear to me that I was not to move quickly when delivering full-time carriers routes because it could make them look bad and cause trouble for them. As a temp, I was expected to always take longer than the full-time carriers because, one, my job was limited and the USPS didn't really track temps closely. Two, I had zero experience, so everything should take me longer. Three, this was a union shop and they would hate to have to kick my butt for messing up their jobs. And four, most of these people were awesome and I just wanted to be a team player. So, I was incentivized to move slowly and not make the full-time people look bad. I decided to wreck Dave's job since he was such a bullying little tool. I requisitioned two additional mail carrier bags. These are the -the over-the-shoulder satchels you see all the time. I was asked why, and I specifically told them that it was to be able to carry all the heavy items on Dave's route without having to keep going back to my jeep to reload along the way. The postmaster personally approved it. After doing Dave's route one to three times per week for a few weeks, he called in sick a lot. I knew his route very well, and I was staying on top of the heavy stuff. Once I was comfortable with the route, I started literally running it. I would literally load up three mailbags for each segment of the route and jog or run his entire route. Dave's route took him about four and a half hours per day to walk. I would finish his route in three hours or less. Every day, rain or shine. No matter how many magazines, samples, or packages were waiting. No one really noticed that I was coming back so quickly and punching back out of delivering his route when I was only doing it a few times per week. I would come back, pick up other work, and get that done. The fun started when Dave took a two-week vacation and I handled his route six days a week. Since I was doing the work properly, there was never a backlog of heavy items landing on me once per week. This made it even easier to jog his route because I was back to using one mailbag. And just fast walking slash jogging was enough to get it done quickly. I frequently got it done in under three hours and I never took longer than three and a half hours. My personal best was under two and a half hours. I got pulled aside by my supervisor and the postmaster after the first week. They asked me about my timekeeping practices and I confirmed that I was doing things correctly. I would punch into Dave's route on departure, keep the appropriate logs, and punch back in when I got back. The postmaster then asked me about Dave's route. I played completely dumb. He noted that I complained about the mail volume several weeks ago, and that I used to take six, maybe seven hours to get it all delivered. I explained that I was spreading the heavy deliveries out over the whole week, and that it had really made a difference. He asked me if I was really delivering the mail, and whether I was hiding or throwing away mail, a serious problem if true. I got really offended and told him I delivered every piece of mail for the route every day. Then, I dropped the bomb. 
I told him I was having trouble understanding why this route was budgeted for four and a half hours to deliver when it clearly could be done much faster than that. I pointed out that the route had a lot of dense multifamily housing, which means less walking. I told him that lots of people on Dave's route seemed surprised that I didn't want a soda pop or to sit down and talk for a minute like Dave always did with them, which was a pure lie. I said all of this in my innocent, gosh mister, I just want to help the USPS voice. I told the postmaster that I was just delivering all the mail as fast as I could and not worrying about anything else. I jogged the route again for the next six days and kept getting it done in much less time than Dave. Dave didn't know about any of this. He even made a point of finding me on his first day back to ask how I enjoyed doing all the hard work for him while he was on vacation. I told Dave that I'd learned a lesson on how to treat your coworkers. He laughed at me and went back to sorting mail. He came back a few minutes later and said that he got me a souvenir and then pulled his middle finger out of his pocket. Classic Dave. That was my last week at the USPS and I headed back to college. I kept in touch with some of the friends that I'd made there and one of them was very happy to tell me that Dave was fired about two months after I left. Due to the massive discrepancy in how long it took me and him to deliver the route, the higher-ups audited his route and discovered that he actually was lollygagging, taking unauthorized breaks, and apparently he was having an affair with a woman on his route, all on the clock. I, on the other hand, was in great physical shape after all that running, and I had pockets full of cash for the semester. Dave's regular T6 also got most of the heavy stuff dumped on her, so she didn't get into any trouble for her delivery times because she was swamped with heavy mail on her day. She actually bid for and got the route full time when Dave was shown the door. Also, down in the comments, we have this story from Narangam. Yeah, the USPS still has all those rules. My neighbor retired as a regional postmaster in 2019, and he loved it when GPS came out because it made his job easier. We had a mail carrier from hell who would hold back some of your mail as revenge if you complained about him repeatedly misdelivering mail. For example, I live at 123 West Street, and I would get mail for 123 L Avenue repeatedly. Well, his little revenge plot backfired when he did it to the postmaster's neighbor after his wife complained about him refusing to deliver a certified letter. Apparently, he didn't want to get out of his truck and walk up the driveway. He started withholding their mail, and the neighbor tore the local postmaster a new one. This guy's two-day priority mail took five days. Apparently, this mail carrier didn't realize that he was playing games with the boss's boss. We now have a new mail carrier, and the misdelivered mail has stopped. Our next Reddit post is from Epic Winter Wolf. So, this happened last October in 2020, and I feel it's finally safe to share it. Given the situation at the time, going to campus was a no-go, so everything was online. As such, a lot of programs used for coursework, which were only on PC, needed a remote link for those of us on Macs and other devices. This link connects students to assigned desktops physically on campus through an application like Citrix. It would only allow students onto the desktop when another class wasn't remotely using the lab at the time, and at night when registered classes were done. The on-campus computers would show that they were in use, so the students who lived on campus would know that someone was remotely accessing it. Well, I was taking a course in remote sensing, which required access to programs that were only available on PCs, so I, as a MacBook user, needed to use the remote link. The issue started at the beginning of October. 
I was really surprised when I was suddenly kicked out of remote access, and then furious because I never had the chance to save my work. I then went back to the web page, re-input my student credentials, and logged into a different desktop. Not two minutes later, I was logged out again. Rightly peeved, I emailed the professor about it, and I moved on to other homework. I figured that it was a bug and it would soon be fixed. No, it continued throughout the entire effing month. I ended up having to work on my remote labs between 9pm and 2am because I was literally not able to work during the day without getting kicked off. It was really annoying, especially since I couldn't even work during my assigned lab time. Other students started reporting this, and we'd get a lot of emails from IT. Updates, patches, and other things to try to patch this bug, but nothing worked. It was painful. I decided that enough was enough, and I took a train to campus after my online morning classes. If it was going to keep booting me off the remote link, then I would just go in person. I completed the online health check, got to campus no problem, and made my way to the building that housed all the PCs. I went up towards the lab that my credentials were registered to. I'm going to be honest, I was not expecting what I saw, but I sure was damn pissed. Looking through the windows into the lab, I saw two guys going from PC to PC, just logging students off. At first, I couldn't believe it. And then, I got furious. They were laughing about screwing with hardworking students. I'll call them dumb and dumber. That's when I decided to get some payback. I pulled out the phone and placed it beside the window, and then hid while I recorded them doing what they were doing. They didn't notice me, thank god, and I got onto my laptop, remote linking to my phone. I then got onto the university's social media page, and I started to live stream the video from my phone. I wrote a title that said, I found the bug that's kicking students off of remote desktop. It didn't take long for fellow students to take notice of it, and it went viral within 30 minutes. People eventually figured out Dumb and Dumber's names, and there was a lot of hate in the comments. Even campus police replied asking for the location. I was all too happy to give it. It was then I saw on stream that Dumb pulled out his phone and started freaking out. He had noticed the stream and that it was live. I quickly rushed to grab my phone and retreat, and that's when Dumber rushed out the door and freaking tackled me. We started brawling. It was self-defense because he kept attacking me to grab my phone. I then saw Dumb going for my laptop, which was hosting the stream, which was still being recorded from my phone. So I kicked Dumber between the legs while elbowing him in the neck before jumping Dumb. To be honest, I don't really know what happened next, but I do remember campus police having to pull me off of Dumb. Apparently, I had full body tackled him away from my laptop, and he punched me in the face. With me apparently grabbing his carry-on bag and bashing him over the head with it, accidentally cracking his laptop. Whoops. So anyways, the fight was broken up and we were all taken down to the campus police office. To make a very long story short, I got a relative slap on the wrist for my part of it. I had to do some on-campus community service, but my record was kept clean. Thankfully, I wasn't charged for the fight or the laptop because I was able to prove self-defense. Because they hit me first and they tried to destroy my property intentionally, which made it worse for them. I was let off on the laptop for a technicality because I was punched in the face and I had no idea that he even had a laptop in his carry-on. As for Dumb and Dumber, I was called in to testify at each of their hearings in December. 
Turns out, kicking students off remote links was considered a very grave academic offense because it was intentionally tampering with other students' work. The video stream I took was a big part of the evidence against them, and CCTV proved they'd been doing it for weeks in almost all the computer labs. They had intentionally messed with over a hundred students. Adding to the fact that they attacked me and my devices, they got into pretty hot water. I don't know exactly what happened next, because they just needed me to come in and say what I remembered happening. However, I did get a notification in March this past year that two students were expelled for intentionally tampering with other students' work. Can you guess who? Yep, Dumb and Dumber got the boot for their dumb actions. It gets even better, though. It turns out that they were here on student visas, which meant that not only were they expelled from the university with a black mark on their records, they were also given the boot from the country. And they most definitely had to go back to their very disappointed parents. Man, talk about an escalation. They kick you off your laptop, you kick them out of the country. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.